Oh my gosh, could it be? Could it be the 30th of September, Thursday, 2021? A happy International Podcast Day to you, Kelly Collis. Oh, that's one that we can actually really celebrate. Totally. We used to be celebrating National Radio Day, and now we're celebrating International Podcast Day. It's an evolution. Live Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in D.C. on the Real Fun D.C. channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. No matter the medium, I still can't run the controls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Some things will never change. Uh, we did not record a show yesterday on the 29th, which was National Coffee Day. And I just want to tell you a quick story because I was in Loudoun County. And I went to Starbucks and I didn't realize what day it was. I didn't have my notifications. And I go to the Starbucks and the barista was like, hey, it's on me. And I was like, am I being, am I being forwarded with right now? I, I might be. I, oh, I'm being forwarded with. Was, was it like, well, a he or she? Yeah, or? it was a he. And I was like, well, well, thank you, sir. And he's like, it's International Coffee Day. Keep moving. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> I had Aww. a moment of like, I still got it. <laughs> It does feel good to feel that way. Oh, well, Tommy, you still got it. Everybody got free coffee yesterday. <laughs> Not just stunningly attractive people like me. Oh, right. <laughs> For a mess. <laughs> That's what you miss when we don't record shows, Kelly. <laughs> All right. I don't know how I'm going to transition to this first story that we're going to discuss. Let's get um, into counting cats, shall all we? All right. So the DCS has a great story about um, cats were counted in DC, and they have a final number. But that's like a really, census, like every 10 like years they go around? Well, this is the first time they've done it in D.C. It's taken them a couple of years to do it. Um, but that's not even the headline of how many cats. I'll tell you how many cats there are in D.C. proper. Uh, it's, it's about 200,000. Wow. And they break it down by demographic and parts of the city and all that. I'm not going to get into that. What is really interesting is that the cat count was launched by two organizations that don't see eye to eye on sorts of issues. Typical D.C., but they mm -hmm. came together and got it done. I those, love it. <laughs> those organizations are the Smithsonian ha has a um, institution where obviously they do a lot of conservation. And so they have a whole organization that focuses on conservation. And then the human, uh, uh, Humane Alliance also obviously takes in a lot of cats, dogs, rabbits, all these things. Well, they don't see eye to eye on things because the cat is not native to the landscape in DC and is one of the biggest predators for birds and rabbits and things that are animals that are native to DC. Huh. So the conservation folks are like, we want to keep an eye on you. Exactly. And at least have an idea of like indoor outdoor cats, how many feral cats there are. So then they can then take it to the next level and do a study of how it might be affecting the ecosystem. Mind blown. So cats are invasive species. Yes, because they're not native. They don't, they're not, and they're they're predators. Wow! And there's two hundred thousand of them. And of course, there's the whole cat program that DC has to keep the rats in check. Um, we actually have two of them on, on our block, uh, where you can sign up. You, you basically feed and water these cats, check in on them, um, get their, make sure they are getting their shots, and um, they are out in the wild. How do you make sure that the cats in the wild get their shots? Sorry, this is like a total tangent. I have no idea. I will, I will have to ask my neighbor. I don't really see eye to eye Just with my neighbor, me. so I don't talk to her a lot. Uh, this is one of the ones further down the block. It's Things got weird during the election. Just say, let's just put it that way. Fair enough. <laughs> I imagine your neighbor, though, out with like a blowgun, 
to like get the cat it's like a little shot like how do you chase down a feral cat uh, yeah care? i don't i think that there's like a mobile vet that goes huh. to see all the cats that doesn't uh, I, I don't know the programs that run behind the scenes in the city to make the city run are remarkable <laughs> yes there are so the more you know two hundred thousand cats you know that's like a cat for every three and a half people <laughs> i know well you know there are some people that own multiple cats yes it's a thing there are people that have multiple children too i feel like it all should come out in the wash <laughs> right. huh. so there you go. dc cats there mm -hmm. you go if you're on a payphone trying to call home you could in fact be in downtown dc there are six payphones still left in the district who knew i know and i want to bring this up um they're all in Northwest DC, by the way, which I just think is a little interesting. But uh, I want to bring this up because those six phones that are hardly used. I mean, there's a whole generation of people that have never used a payphone. Well, where am I going to get a quarter from? Right. Right. Um, you can't those, put a credit card into a payphone machine. Or can you? I don't think you can in these payphones. I know like in, in in Europe, they have them where you can put the credit card in. Anyway. Imagine if I could just swipe my iPhone with my Apple Pay over the payphone and use the payphone. How great would that be? Why would you need to use? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I bring this up, Tommy, because those numbers, those phones have phone numbers. 202 phone numbers. We should get them back and give them back <laughs> right, to the people. Right, right. There's six right there because the new area code is coming out, I think, tomorrow. Yes, yes. So um, have we talked about this? I don't think we've talked about this yet since... I was quoted in the Washington Post for my views on the 202 area code versus I mean, the, the 771 area code. The reporter's a friend of yours, but yes. <laughs> Correct. Okay. He didn't come to you for his, an expertise. But yes. Uh, yes, I was. I was quoted next to Donna Brazil as a, as a, as a cultural arbiter of the District of Columbia. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And I think that we should remove the 202 area code numbers from the federal government because they're not using them properly and give them back to the people. Yeah, I mean, you think about just congressional offices. Right. I mean, 535, just one number, but then all the staffers have their own individual 202 number. Mm -hmm. And then you go into all the all of the agencies. Yeah. And all the like cabinet level agencies, all of those. How many? There's got to be 10,000 numbers at State Department alone. Give those back to the people. <laughs> Give them back to the people. There's a the whole generation. You know? I think a 15-year-old who gets her, who has lived in D.C. her whole life, who was born here, who's getting her very first phone, deserves one more than a congressman from Missouri who's not going to use it. I'm just saying is all. That's adorable. You think kids that are waiting till they're 15 to get their first phone? How? When do they get them? Like six? Uh, oh. Eight or nine. It's it's younger and younger. Okay. Well, the sentiment is still there. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm sorry. I'm out of touch with my argument, but the sentiment is still there. Okay. Okay. It will be weird. Like they're they're saying, like I got all these alerts on my phone saying that now you've got to use two hundred two to dial other. You have to use the error code to dial other DC numbers. I yep. first off, I never knew that you didn't have to do it. But. Same. That was a surprise <laughs> to me too. I was like, this whole time I could have saved three numbers. Right. All right. Well, mind blown. Seven seven one. We'll see who gets that first number that we have to dial. One more extra thing that is asked of the restaurant, uh, asked of the residents of the District of Columbia. I'm just saying is all. <laughs> we keep being burdened. Well, struggle's real, Tommy. Give the numbers back to the people. <laughs> Are they hearing you on that one? 
Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten a call yet, but also um, they're working on some other stuff today. So they're pretty, <laughs> they should be, you know, making sure the cash register keeps ringing <laughs> before they call me about the area code thing. I'm willing to wait in line. Okay. We could do some uh, infrastructure, some reconciliation, some voting rights, and then I'm happy to talk about the uh, 202 situation. Okay, fair enough, Tommy. Or maybe they can put it into reconciliation because, never mind. No. Going down a bad path here. Let's talk about TikTok. Uh, this is really cool, and it's something I did not know was happening, and I have a little bit of FOMO. Not big on TikTok, but of course, there's a whole generation that like has loved TikTok for a while, but it, of course, it exploded during the pandemic where people were actually making connections over TikTok as we were all on lockdown and, and sitting at home. Well, there's a whole group of DC residents that have done meetups all around DC that found each other on TikTok. I love it. I love this. It's so hipster fabulous. So their first meeting was um, on the National Mall in July and 200 people showed up. Now it's called DMV Besties. So nice. cute. Um, it's young adults that are seeking friendship. And they had recently, a couple weeks ago, a meetup in Georgetown. And they're claiming that their organization is about 700 people strong. They have obviously a huge following on TikTok, but they're also Tommy for the rest of us on Instagram. Oh, thank goodness. So it's old people <laughs> on Instagram could finally get it, check it out. And they're posting up there um, where their next meetup is and, and all sorts of that. So you can connect with them there. That's awesome. Such but, an innovative and like inventive thing. I love it. Sure. Cause you know, we, you and I are both married, but I, we have some single friends and it was really hard for them to connect over the pandemic. And it was just great that, you know, you can't stop friendships. Mm -hmm. And we were also talking too, like what that next like wave of thing is going to be. Cause when back in our day, it was like the blogger boom and all of those sort of, you know, people were out and about mm -hmm. like telling people what to do and where to go. And now um, the TikTok group. I think that's well, so yeah. cool. Remember the tweet ups too? The Those tweet to ups. Be, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Those used to be something people connecting over Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and so, they, you know, it circle of life, as you say, Tommy. Yeah, totally. And there was uh, there was the website Greg's List that had everyone's like what to do, where to go yeah, and like things to right. do DC. Yep. Yeah. So these guys, uh, we'll put a link in the show plan, but DMV besties, you can find them on Instagram. And of course, hashtags on TikTok. And this chick had this newsletter called City Shop Girl that was like my Bible of where to go, what to do, and who to hang out with. Yeah, that was me. That was you. <laughs> Kelly was one of the first influencers. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Anytime. It's gotten really far. <laughs> uh, as um, the October month hits us, whether we like it or not tomorrow, haunted houses and all the scary attractions <sighs> are popping up. I just don't get it. Yes. And people like that spend like days planning and doing this to get their daylight scared out of them. And they pay money and they wait in line and they get on a bus yes. and they go to a place and they're like, let's go to this scary thing. Ah! I remember when we took a group of people with us to one of the haunted situations in Maryland and I like forced you to go into it. Yeah. Th this is the one that has like the people that like jump out at like real life. It's not like yeah automated oh because it was also it was great audio for back when we were on the radio but <laughs> because kelly screaming is always good um <laughs> and i remember you like having like a reaction to this yes and i think just now like for me in the real world there's just like enough scary stuff going on yeah. like um to quote the greatest comedian that ever lived kathleen madigan 
you know, she's like, as an adult, if I want to get the hell scared out of me, I just open the mail. <laughs> right. <laughs> or look at your bank account. She's like, you get a letter from the IRS, that'll scare the out of you. <laughs> yes. Unless it's a check. Yes. You want to be scared? Go to the dermatologist. What's this mole? It wasn't here six months ago. <laughs> right. Thank you, Kathleen. Madigan is the greatest comedian to ever live. But so I um, spoke with a child and adolescent psychiatrist, Dr. Asha Patton-Smith from Kaiser Permanente, exactly about that. Like, why do some people choose to get in their car, go to a place, wait in line, give someone money just to have the crap scared out of them? <laughs> and there's actually a medical reason for it. Check this out, Cal. So what happens in the context of fear like a haunted house or a scary movie, the emotional brain is processing the fear response, but the rational brain is coming in and saying, hey, you're not in imminent danger. It's not really your fight or flight. And it really, for a lot of people, can be like a high. There's actually an opioid response and dopamine, which is a chemical in our reward center, is also upregulated. So doctor, is it kind of similar to like someone who loves to go on roller coaster rides or skydiving or that sort of thing? Exactly. It's the same type of process, but the issue is context, right? So it really depends on the person as to how it's being processed. So the folks who are like, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go in. If they go in, right, exactly. You and I were, we get that. Could their high actually be higher because they were so nervous going in? A lot of times in groups, you can actually have a higher response. So it's almost like it's contagious. So if you have someone that's kind of on the fence, like, nah, I don't think so, but they're going with the group. Sometimes everyone can kind of have a higher high, if you will, or an increase in endorphins because of this group response. At the same time, if you have a friend that's really like, Nah, this is not my thing. Please respect that. Thanks to Dr. Asha Patton-Smith from Kaiser Permanente. How cool is that? It's like, I, I, that makes so much sense. You have like a safe, controlled fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super interesting. Obviously, there's a reason that people do that. Um, I, I, scary movies go in the same bucket for that. I guess you, you get that same sort of, if you watch a scary movie, you know, it's not real. It's just a movie. So you could be scared. Yeah, okay. But is it just a movie? Stop. Stop. I'm home alone. <laughs> home alone? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you thought home alone was a scary movie. No, I said, I like, am home alone. Ah, got it. Jonathan says, I just look in the mirror to scream. Oh, yeah, dude, I hear you. Especially <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> Before um, you get, as our friend Peggy says, all fluffed and folded. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Something that is not scary and super fun. I'm going to be out on uh, Saturday for the Wiener 500 race. So this is the Dachshund, Dachshund Dash that happens at the Wharf as part of their Oktoberfest. Um, it's going to be so much fun. And I've been tweeting and uh, uh, posting on IG all the different dogs that are going to compete in the heats of races <laughs> at the Wharf on the pier. And you don't have to have a dachshund to, to get involved. There's a costume contest for all the breeds. There's all the beer. There's all of the, uh, you know, German food you can try. 17-foot Jumbotron screen to watch the races on. It's going to be so much fun. Everybody loves putting a dog in a costume. Totally. And some of the people, like, take it really seriously. We had a three-legged wiener dog almost win it one year. Aw. Yeah, that dog, that, that dog was a competitor. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> 
there's a quarter less legs than the other dogs. And it was, it was in it. It almost won the championship. That's so cool. We had an old dog win one year who was like 11 years old and like beat all the, sp- it was, it was very much like a Michael Phelps story. Like can this dog <laughs> after its ninth wiener run make it? And it did. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, and it, it benefits um, Rural Dog Rescue, which we talked about Humane Rescue Alliance earlier and talked about some other rescue. But Rural Dog Rescue works in the, you guessed it, rural areas mm-hmm. where there's a lot more kill shelters and there's a lot more issue. I mean, I don't want to say a lot more, but there's a different issue going on out there, which is interesting that, um, you know, we don't often talk about that like at events in the city. So it's neat that that Rural Dog is getting some support too. That's very cool. And the weather is supposed to be perfection. Totally absolutely free to show up and enjoy uh, all all afternoon on Saturday at the wharf for the Wiener 500. <laughs> so cute. Such a cute name. And by the way, starting tomorrow, you better lock up your scooters, people. If you're a scooter person on the dockless scooters, you got to lock them up um, on bike racks or poles, but not mailboxes and fences. And we're going to, I think there's going to be a little bit of scooter chaos over the next couple of weeks. And how the heck are they going to enforce it? But okay. So I think what happens, at least I use the Lyft scooters and you have to take a photo of your scooter once you park it. I think if I had to guess, I would think that if the scooter company gets a violation, they would go back to the most recent rider to use it and check their photo to make sure that it was or was not locked to a thing and what it was locked to, if I had to guess. But who's going to be writing the tickets? I I don't know if it's the meter people or what, but my goodness... Think of like all of just the scooter debris that's all around everywhere. Like if the yeah. meter people wanted to write, even if the tickets were a dollar a piece, <laughs> the district could balance the budget in a long weekend. I know I live near American university. So we have like all of a sudden I'll wake up one morning and they'll be like, you know, the scooter van came and like dumped off a bunch of scooters. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go out a couple hours later, all the scooters will be gone. It's yeah. like they come out of like the woodwork, <laughs> you know, and grab the scooters. Right. And then, and then the next couple hours and you see the scooters like basically littered all throughout the neighborhood. And they look, especially like, oh, after oh, like a, like a weekend, they're all just like sadly laying everywhere. <laughs> right. Maybe getting a little beep out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I did learn completely off topic, um, but, but similar the, like the mopeds. Um, that are like the Ray, the Razor, or the the Rebel, or whatever they are, the Rebel, Lime yeah. ones and the Rebels. Yeah. Um, th- you can move them, <laughs> but when strength. you move them, they scream. Yes. <laughs> so you know. Yes. yes. <laughs> because because um, I was trying to get someone parked one perpendicular in a parking spot in a parallel spot, and I was like, oh no no, we're not doing that because street parking is getting to be, people are coming back to the city. Hashtag DC's mm-hmm. open. So the street parking is getting a little bit more hard to get a hold of. And so I put my flashers on and I was like having a little bit of rah, and I picked it up and I moved it to the sidewalk and it screamed bloody murder. <laughs> Just so you know. You got the parking spot. <laughs> I go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a screaming, uh there's a screaming scooter right next to my car. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. <laughs> So just so you know, they move, but just be prepared <laughs> for the screaming. Uh, moped that screams. Mm-hmm. Much like if you listen to the archives of our show, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The show moves, but be prepared for the screaming. Yeah, we don't do a lot of screaming. It might be cringeworthy at some points, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's more ooh than ah. 
Yeah. Listen for yourself. There's only a couple hundred. Get started now. You'll be done by Monday. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good way to celebrate International Podcasting Day. There you go. Give us five stars, even if you believe we don't deserve it. Subscribe, follow, comment, nice comments, even if you believe we don't deserve them. And thanks for getting involved and listening. We'll see you next time.